Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 9, called Blessed Are. You know, when we meet the king and we have a kingdom attitude, we begin to hunger for different things. What does the world hunger for? What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to drink? What are we going to eat? And it just replays. What are we going to wear? What is she wearing? What are they going to wear? What do you mean? What do they drive? What do you think? What do you do? What do you mean? Do you see the smoke coming out of that tailpipe of that car? You know, what's their bank account? What's the latest of the rich and famous? Ugh. Or now it's this. Ugh. What do you hunger for? Jesus said, my food, John 4, 34, is to do the will of the one who sent me. When you start hungering and thirsting for righteousness, you are seeing that you're becoming more like the king. In fact, Psalm 42, 1 and 2 puts it this way, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You see, when you hunger and thirst for what is right, here, here's the idea of the principle. When you want to see God's will happen on the earth, when you want to see what's right and true happen in your own heart, but also happen among your nation, amen? That's why we hurt for what we see going on right now, because we know it's not right. It's not that we have an agenda against anybody who has a different view than us. We just know it's not right. And when it's not right, it's not good. You begin to hunger and thirst for the things of God, for the priorities of the king and the kingdom. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5.20. If you look down for a moment, I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. What's Jesus saying there? I think he's saying simply this, that their righteousness is about the outward. What they care about is that they fast twice a week to religiously impress people, that they give of their tithes of mint and cumin, that they have power and authority and they get uh, respectful greetings in the marketplace and all of that stuff. And, And Jesus is like, no, that's not it. It's not about the world and it's not about religious boxes that you check. It's about wanting to be right with God. And have that rightness spread over a family, over a community, over a a land, over a nation. Amen? If that's your heart, then you've come to know the king. And you're getting to know the values of the kingdom. He has shown you, O man, what is good, what the Lord requires of you. He wants justice. He wants mercy. He wants what's right to occur in this land. And of course, Jesus entered into our broken world to bring the promise to us because he knows that we would fall short of it. The blessed promise. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, would you look at it? You will be satisfied. God will satisfy you. One day we will be in a kingdom according to his promise. Second Peter 3, 14 or 13. According to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We will be satisfied. But right now, since the kingdom is already and not yet, you can still be satisfied. 
Because when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, God will fill you. The, the word here actually means to be stuffed. How many of you have made commitments at the turn of the year? All right, no, I'm not going to eat the extra taco anymore. In Jesus' name, right? And then you sit before it, and you got a little room left, and you eat the taco, and you're stuffed. <sighs> and then Thanksgiving is around the corner. If you're like me, I begin to make declarations. All right, this year it will be different. I'm not going to eat the extra mashed potatoes and the extra piece of pumpkin pie. But, uh... I always have room for sweets. Anybody else out there? It doesn't matter how stuffed I am. Sweets will fit in to Pastor Michael's inner parts. <laughs> anyway. I'm not talking about stuffed with regret here. Really. Like, oh. Stuffed means you'll be satisfied. You know, when it's just the perfect amount, when it's just the perfect day the perfect sunset, the perfect moment, and you just like to capture it if you can and just hold on to it and bottle it, that's going to be forever. We will be satisfied. Praise God. Look at the next one. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. This is not a complicated one. If you're part of the kingdom, you could say that the first four were kingdom attitudes. The last three are going to be kingdom action, but they're also attitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll receive mercy. The word merciful means to be charitable. It is a generous attitude which is willing to see things from another's point of view, please hear this, and not be quick to take offense or gloat over other people's shortcomings. Are you a merciful person? Is someone free to be themselves in your presence, to make a mistake in your presence, and you don't jump on them and say, oh, Look at you. Do, you. do you give the same mercy that you expect from others? Or do you wait for someone to trip so that you can jump on them? Do you know that mercy is one of the supreme titles for God in the Bible? In the Septuagint version, the Greek version of the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for mercy is one of the most commonly used words to describe God's character. He is slow to anger and abounding in what the Hebrew is, has said, loving kindness or mercy. This is our God. He is merciful. Later, Jesus will tell a story about a king who forgave this guy a huge debt in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And the guy who was, who was forgiven this huge debt then found one of his buddies who owed him 20 bucks and said, oh, you give me my money. And he told on him, and he had him thrown in prison. And the king found out about it. And he said, what are you doing? I had mercy on you. I forgave you this uncalculable debt, you think, of our sin before God. And you couldn't have mercy on your friend who owed you 20 bucks? Christ is the supreme example of mercy. In fact, he's called the dispenser of mercy in Hebrews 4. He gives grace and mercy to us from a throne of grace. Would to God that we would do the same. Blessed are the merciful, the promise, you'll receive mercy. Very plain. Verse 8, we're almost done. Blessed are the pure in heart. That's the principle. The promise, we will see God. The pure in heart speaks of those who are not motivated by self-love or by man's approval. 
but those who serve God and others with an undivided heart. David cried, create in me a clean heart, O God, Psalm 51, verse 10, after he sinned. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Many scholars believe that Jesus has echoed Psalm 24. Listen to it. Who may ascend your holy hill, O Lord? Who may stand in your holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, nor has he sworn deceitfully. First Timothy 1.5, Timothy wrote, or Paul wrote to Timothy, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. In 2 Timothy 2, 21 and 22, Paul says this to Timothy. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, 2 Timothy 2, 21 and 22. You know, when I read verses like this, I, I find myself crying, oh, purify my heart, oh, Lord. And I don't think it's that complicated to know how you get a pure heart. You put th- pure things into your life. If you put dirty things into your heart, dirty things are gonna come out. You're gonna dilute your heart. You're gonna pollute your heart, I should say. Yeah, that's a good time right there for it. (laughs) The blessed promise. If you have a pure heart, what's your Bible say? They shall see God. What's our deepest desire as believers? To see God. To look upon him. Job put it this way. As for me, I know my Redeemer lives. Job 19, 25, 26. And at the last, he will take his stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh, I will see God. This is the beauty of knowing that he purifies my heart. He cleanses me from all sin. He purchased my redemption. And now he wants me to live in a way in keeping with that, with the king and the kingdom. Finally, the last one, the seventh one, blessed are the peacemakers, verse nine, the blessed principle and promise, they shall be called sons of God. Do you long for peace? At first service, Jesus said, you know, it seems like our world's always looking for a fight. You ever jumped on social media, seen maybe a controversial post by somebody and read the comments below? People are absolutely vicious on keyboards. It's given people who shouldn't have uh, platforms and power, untold platforms and power. Oh yeah, let me tell you something. And let me tell you what I think about you. I've had people do that to me on social media who don't even know me. They just don't like what I represent or don't like what I preach. But I'll tell you this. Peace is the stuff of the kingdom. Ephesians 2.14 says that Jesus is our peace. Peace is what the world desperately needs. And blessed are the peacemakers. The idea of a peacemaker here, so you get the principle, is someone who reconciles estranged people, who helps people reconcile. We have a ministry. What's our ministry called? The ministry of reconciliation. Whenever we preach the gospel, we preach the gospel of peace. Our God is called the God of peace. We are to be peacemakers. We're not to join in the fight or in the fray. We're we're to try to bring people reconciliation in our family members. We're not to stir the pot or throw stuff on the fire. Rather, we're to bring peace in a culture always looking for a fight. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. People are absolutely vicious on keyboards. It's given people who shouldn't have uh, platforms and power, untold platforms and power. Oh, yeah, let me tell you something. And let me tell you what I think about you. I've had people do that to me on social media who don't even know me. They just don't like what I represent or don't like what I preach. But I'll tell you this, peace is the stuff of the kingdom. Ephesians 2.14 says that Jesus is our peace. Peace is what the world desperately needs. And blessed are the peacemakers. The idea of a peacemaker here, so you get the principle, is someone who reconciles estranged people, who helps people reconcile. We have a ministry. What's our ministry called? The ministry of reconciliation. Whenever we preach the gospel, we preach the gospel of peace. Our God is called the God of peace. We are to be peacemakers. We're not to join in the fight or in the fray. We're we're to try to bring people reconciliation in our family members. We're not to stir the pot or throw stuff on the fire. Rather, we're to bring peace in a culture always looking for a fight. James puts it this way. James 3.16 through 18. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first, listen to these descriptions. You can tell that he heard his brother preach. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to try to connect people with the God of peace to let them know there's a peace that they can have. Psalm 34, 14 says, depart from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. Colossians 1, 20 puts it this way. And through him, through Christ, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through whom I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. Do you know how far God was willing to bring peace to us. He was willing to die on the cross. Jesus was willing to die for us to bring us peace with God. So blessed are the peacemakers, the promise. They shall be called sons of God. That means that you'll be recognized in heaven as a child of God, but other people will know. Do you know that if you look at these seven principles and promises, this is how Jesus said people would know we belong to him. Take a look. Look at verse 16. Let your light shine before men. Same sermon. In such a way that they may see your good works or your good 
deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Skip down to verse 44, same chapter. I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven. Matthew 5, 45. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? If you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, are you ready? You are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And all God's people said, what? <laughs> you, you preachers are always saying that there's no way we could be perfect. How can we measure up to that? Well, I think what Jesus is saying is, look, if, you, if you're going to say you belong to the king and the kingdom, this is, this is the trajectory of the goal. You're always reaching to be holy. You're not going to be perfect. We'll, we'll always fall short, but we can be growing. We can be getting, becoming more like our Lord. This is how we'll shine in a world without peace, without hope, often without civility. And they will know that we are sons and daughters of the King. Amen? We're going to have the worship team come on up and I'm going to read a, a section here from O'Donnell's commentary. He's talking about the Beatitudes and he's talking about Jesus. He says... A broken blessedness, a future blessedness, a selfish, selfless blessedness, that's what the Beatitudes are all about. Let me end with a simple question with a very obvious answer. Perhaps a question and answer you've never thought about before. Can you think of anyone you know who's perfectly embodied these Beatitudes? Well, you might say, every Christian I know who, who is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to some extent or another uh, embodies these Beatitudes. Yes, that's true. But it's true only to an extent, which we all know. We all know that Jesus, only Jesus embodies the Beatitudes perfectly, right? Jesus was poor in spirit, though not the way that we are due to our sin. But he did while on the earth daily depend on God the Father and the Spirit for everything. That's why he prayed. That's why he did and said nothing that was not in accordance with the Father's will. That's why in greatest humility he became a human and was crucified, Jesus mourned, didn't he? He mourned over sin. Uh, he mourned not over, over his own sin, uh, for he had none, but over our sin, the sins of the world. He wept over Jerusalem and her rejection of the good news. And wasn't our Lord the mightiest, but also the meekest man who offered a gentle yoke to all who would call him Lord? Didn't he hunger and thirst for God's righteous rule to come, which is why on the one hand he overturned the tables, and on the other hand, receive sinners into a table of fellowship. And didn't he show mercy in healing and feeding the multitudes and forgiving sins? And who was more pure in heart, undivided in his commitment to God's will? And wasn't and isn't Jesus the ultimate peacemaker who brought peace through his own outstretched arms, peace between Jew and Gentile, peace between God and man? And finally, who better embodied the last beatitude from the moment of his first, first breath to his last, more than any figure in human history, Jesus was persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Jesus embodies the blessings. And he says, you're my people. Go do the same. Do it with reliance on the power of the Holy Spirit. You won't do it perfectly. But as you do, my kingdom light will shine to others. Amen.
Hey, kids, I want to tell you something. All of you younger ones in here, you did an awesome job. You. Some of you even laughed at my corner, corny jokes, which gets you extra points in heaven. Okay. But anyway, you guys did an awesome job, parents. Uh, great job. Um, it's, it's wonderful when we can do these family Sundays and enjoy uh, worshiping and learning together. Amen. If you've not met Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we're not going to dim the lights, but we're just going to say this, looking at one another soul to soul, if you don't know Christ, if you haven't trusted his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, and you haven't made him your king, and you haven't come into the kingdom, well, we talked about the requirement. Just recognize where you're at, humble yourself, and ask him to save you. You could be the youngest person in this room, the oldest one in this room. In between, it doesn't matter. It's something just like this. Jesus, I believe in who you are. I thank you for entering our broken world. Thank you for coming with me in mind. Thank you for dying and taking all the stuff you had to take from me. Thank you for resurrecting to defeat death. Thank you for the hope of new heavens and a new earth for the resurrection, wiping our tears away, however you want to pray it. Be my Lord, be my King, be my Savior. Today could start that day for you. Maybe it's a rededication for you. Maybe you would say, these kingdom values are so far from my weekly life and my attitude. Okay, if that's the case, then pray that God will help you to become more like Jesus, to have more of his heart when you go out on a Monday or it's the middle of the week and you want to be used to extend that kingdom to others. Amen. You've been listening to Blessed Are, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 5, 1 through 9. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, the last beatitude is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Actually, moving into uh, verse 10, there's more, but that's the last of this section, verses 1 through 9. Peacemakers. Oh, what are those? (laughs) Well, you know, it's easy to stir the pot. It's easy to... um, you know, agitate, you could say. But when you're a peacemaker, what you're trying to do is bring reconciliation, which is at the heart of the gospel. Now, sometimes peace is a difficult thing to achieve with certain people in certain circumstances. But as much as it depends upon us, Romans twelve eighteen, be at peace with all people. Peace is a marvelous gift. I fear we take it for granted too much. But when you're a peacemaker, you're trying to bring the gospel into every relationship and to live the gospel. That's what it means to be a peacemaker. And it's a beautiful thing to be. We need more of them. 
Jesus himself is our peace. And look, if you're lacking peace today, you're not alone. But just remember, the one who can give you peace, ultimate peace, is Jesus. And if you lack it, which many do, many believers as well at times, cry out to him. He will give you a peace that passes understanding. If you don't know him as your Lord, Savior, and King, ask him to save you. Cry out to Jesus. Tell him you believe that who he is, God in human flesh. Tell him that you believe what he did for you, dying on that cross, rising from the dead. Tell him you believe that he's the king of the universe, that you want to follow him. And I'll tell you what, he will honor any prayer prayed in sincere humility, crying out for salvation and sanctification. He is so, so faithful. Well, again, thank you for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Hey, we're going to be back as we continue in the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light shine is coming your way, and we'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 5, 10 through 16, called Let Your Light Shine. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.